Today's show reminds me a little bit of what it was like behind the scenes when Eric Allen and I were hosting the K-Love Morning Show back in 2009 and 2010 and 2011. We just talked about stuff all the time while the songs were playing, and it was either goofy stuff about why we like bagels or it was deep stuff about the philosophy and theology of giving. There was really no gray ground. It was either completely goofy, like you're with your brother and it was just silly, or it was deep, like this guy's a real thinker and it was just always nice. He's a good friend and I'm really glad to have him on the show today. I hope you enjoy the musings of Lisa and Eric. And um, Eric actually works for Cure International now. And if you've never heard of Cure, um, there's just a bunch of us that love them so much because Jesus loves children. And he's the one we're supposed to follow. And so Cure is about healing children with cleft palates or club foot or hydrocephalus or all kinds of things where often they are shunned and cast out of a society that cannot conceptualize why those things happen to children. They don't have the kind of medical care that we're accustomed to. And healing comes through a Cure International Hospital in 30 countries These doctors and nurses and medical professionals do incredible things. And it's funded by people just like you and me. It's amazing. So if that resonates with your heart and you want to find out more, see their faces, hear their stories, even send them a letter of encouragement, just click on Cure when you come to lifewithlisawilliams.com. This is is life. 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 This is Life with Lisa Williams. Do you like bagels? I do like bagels. Gosh, they're so good. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. It's worth swishing here, Melanie. <laughs> I don't eat bagels because I don't eat bagels because there's so much gluten and I kind of So you're lying little... about are you lying about it? No, are, no. Oh, so you no. think bagels are good, you just can't oh, eat them. They're so good. And so I don't eat them because they're just high in calorie and they're just all white bread gluten. You know, mm-hmm. it's like it's 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 equivalent of, you know, putting heroin in your coffee, apparently, just to eat a bagel these days. And so I that's not eat- scientific fact there, is it? Maybe. OK, so I don't eat them, except yesterday I was at my friend Jess Olson's house and we were having mm. a meeting and I was tired and I was hungry and I, I saw these bagels. So I started mm-hmm. toasting them. And it was crazy. I ate like a, a giant bagel and another half a bagel. And so this morning I, I bought bagels and I've already had three bagels this morning. Do we need to have a bagel intervention? <laughs> That's why I'm confessing. I want everyone to come circle me like a bagel. And I want to take the bagel. <laughs> oh my gosh. Even the circles are bagels with you. <laughs> but and I also say one last thing and then we can swish. Sure. They're so chewy. Mm-hmm. But then you toast them, and so they're crunchy and chewy. And then if you put butter on them and then a little um, cream cheese on top of the butter with coffee on the side. Mm-hmm. Oh, my word. Holy, yeah. holy, holy. Yeah, yeah. I can see why you got a problem there with the bagels. Hey, real quick. What are you? Are you an innovator banker? Are you an innovator merchant? Are you an innovator builder? I think I was uh... – Innovator banker. God, we're exact opposites. Mm-hmm. No wonder we worked well together. We really balance yeah. each other, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah, totally. And yet, like, the banker thing is interesting because from a pure number standpoint, I don't even, I mean, I, I can't balance her checkbook. But I think it's more of the, it might be more of the careful planning. Mm-hmm. Type of thing. Oh yeah, or, for sure. I don't know. You were yeah. one of my favorite program directors when you were my PD because, I mean, you may have lacked the merchant builder. You have merchant builder, just lower. But mm-hmm. you because like you would care about me. You would follow up like, hey, just sending you an email to let you know I changed the schedule or here's that log. You were so conscientious. I think that's the banker. Like you're just details. Yeah. But then the innovator. You always had good ideas. You know, you were always thinking. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, hey, I love everybody. Let's build it. <laughs> I love all these people. Let's build this thing. And you were like, right. think about it, and I will figure out the details, Lisa. Well, you know what the beauty of those tests are, if you really take them to heart, is that it creates hopefully some sort of level of self-awareness mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't mean that – because. It's like when I took one of those personality tests years ago, and it was like you're a perfectionist. Well, it's like you look at it and you go, oh, because there's like a negative connotation with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I saw this of like, oh, you're a banker and innovator, and when we were taking those tests, we were in a room full of people that were primarily the opposite. So uh, <laughs> immediately you feel like, well, geez, I'm the loser in the group because I'm not like <laughs> – That's what I was thinking about you for sure. Builder, whatever it is. <laughs> Whatever it is that you are, builder. I'm a merchant builder. Merchant builder, whatever. Okay. (laughs) So you feel like, okay, I'm not that person. And yet, you know, like, okay, I have the ability to be able to do that. Absolutely. I have it inside me just as anybody has the other qualities. They're just not at the forefront. Mm -hmm. But when you're aware of, okay, these are the areas that I need to work on or when I'm presented in a situation where I have to be a builder or a merchant. Mm -hmm then I have to kind of summon that and realize this does not come naturally to me, but I, this is what I need to do right now. So it may be difficult. So in many ways it has opportunity to be able to stretch and build you Mm -hmm. when you become aware of those types of weaknesses, because we're all going to be presented with times in our lives where Mm -hmm. we have to maybe call on those parts of us that are not necessarily a strength. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. do you, you know, shirk away from it? Do you, give it to somebody else or do you provide it as an opportunity to go, this is not my strongest suit, but I know Mm -hmm. this is what I need to do. And so I'm just going to be aware of that and I'm going to try my best to summon whatever it is, that part of me that's a weakness. And, and because this is what I have to do in this situation right now. Right. And you can do it. That's what I've learned too. Like instead Mm -hmm. of going, I'm a complete, I have two in banker. I have the lowest banker imaginable. It's like, well, I just can't do it. No, actually I can, but you know what happens after I do it? I'm exhausted. It just mm-hmm. exhausts me to my core. Like you put me in a room full of people and tell me I have to talk all day long and make friends. At the mm-hmm. end of that, I'm so energized. Right. But if you say you're going to have to like figure out this spreadsheet and you're going to have to add things to it all day long and make sure you don't make any mistakes during a fundraiser. I'm just like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I just don't want to live. It's like that was that was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't say that part of my banker that that energizes me, but I do know what you're saying because it's funny because I can be just the opposite. There, especially <laughs> right. in days when I've had like a longer day, like to be around somebody who needs to be almost fed by conversation. <laughs> I'm like, can't we just 
just stare at a blank wall right now? Like, isn't that cool? Like, can we, can we, there's a thing called silence and it's okay. Wow. It works sometimes. We can just enjoy that. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No. Not all the time, but no, I mean, yeah. there's times where I, uh, I'm all right. I'm exhausted right now. <laughs> okay. Now, what do you want to talk about? Um, there's a number of different things we can talk about. Can I have $25? Oh, do you need to buy some bagels? No, what it's do you not all about bagels. <laughs> what do you need $25 for? Of course you can. Sure. Oh, look at that. See, um, were you offended by me asking for money at all? <laughs> well, let's see. I've known Eric since, gosh, 2007. You've never really asked for money from me mm -hmm. in all these years I've known you. So I knew it was like a joke of some sort. So I was not offended. But if you were oh. to literally say to me, hey, Julie and I are tight. Right. And we could really use $300. I would be offended because I would know you needed it, man. So yeah, no, I'm fine. Okay. So it's a relationship there. It's, there's a trust thing there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What if it was more than $300? Hypothetically speaking. I'm just <laughs> kidding. And then, like, I don't know if you said, Lisa, I desperately need $5,000. I would feel bad because I wouldn't be able to help you out. Right. I really care about you, Eric. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I guess the reason I ask is funny. I had a conversation with someone just <laughs> earlier today. I wasn't asking them for money, um, but they were asking me what I do. And I say, well, I work for Cure International and I do radio marketing and fundraising. And I spend a decent amount of time on the radio um, asking for money. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found myself, just as you have over the years, whether you're raising money on behalf of the radio station you work for or raising money on behalf of another organization on the radio, mm -hmm. of asking for money. And they said, is that hard? And I thought about it for a second. And in some ways, yes, um, because of everything that maybe goes into it, the emotion that goes into it. Like when you're doing a pledge drive, the length of time, the repetitive nature of what you have to do, all of that can be tough. Sometimes not getting the results you want can be tough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when it comes down to it, the actual asking for money isn't difficult for mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And yet maybe you feel the same way. So, you know, my mm -hmm. little joke there about asking you for $25. <laughs> Very little. Right. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you an address where you can send a check. <laughs> but yeah. the point is, is that if I was really serious about that, <laughs> that would be really difficult for me to do. And yet, in the context of some of these other things that I've done, asking for money isn't very difficult. And I think what I've come to is, and maybe you feel the same way, is – there's a, there's a tendency that when we're, we have to ask for money, say uh, you're doing it, your church is doing something or someone asks you to donate towards, uh, you know, a missions trip or whatever the case may be on behalf of a not-for-profit like here or something like mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. is to feel like there's a self-serving, you know, thing. Oh, well, you're just asking for money or it's just another ministry asking for money or there goes the church people asking for money. There's a feeling I think we sometimes – feel when we're asking for money that that's what people's response is going to be, whether or not that's the actual response from people or 
whether that's just a fear. But what I told this guy when he asked me about it, I said, you know, the big hurdle that I got past was, and I don't even know if you want to call it a hurdle, was it was actually more of an understanding, was that the opportunity for growth there is in people mm-hmm. when they get a chance to give. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a huge thing. And um, I think about this from time to time as far as like, well, this that's a great message to either remind people of, or maybe for some people here for the first time, it was interesting. This guy I was speaking to, I'm not sure how much older he is than me, maybe 10, 15 years older than me, but he's like, huh, I never really heard it that way before. That People don't think about it. Yeah, Exactly. It's one of the mm-hmm. biggest ways we can ever grow, I think, in our lives when we get past um, that point of you know, as a giver, becoming a yes. giver, going from being mm-hmm. a someone maybe who just receives to somebody who gives, yep. uh, maybe fully trusting in God in a way that you've never had to before in your entire life. Mm-hmm. And so when you're on the other side of it, if you take the approach of when I'm asking for, for something, yes, there is there's a benefit that's going to help whatever it is that I'm asking on behalf of, whether it's for me personally or whether it's for another organization. Yes, there's a tangible benefit that there's there. It's helping meet a need. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is also an opportunity to really help somebody grow in, yes. in a big time way. Yeah, I agree. When I agree. Think about, when you um, think about it. When you just take the time to think about it, right. what you just said is true. And obviously you think about it a lot. I mean, did the guy give – after you said that, he goes, I want to grow. Here's $10,000 for cure. No, that w- it wasn't really the context of the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I didn't close the deal. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, can I, um, can I respond? Can I just like dump out my heart? Sure. Please do. Um, because I just got done reading the spirituality of fundraising, I think is the name of it. It's a small book. I can't remember who wrote it. Henry Nowen. Yes, exactly. And it was given to me by, um, our friend David Harms who is a man who pursues God through the um, spiritual act of fundraising for ministries. I mean, he wants to raise mm-hmm. millions and millions of dollars so that the gospel goes forward. So he really studies it and he gave me this book. So anyway, and, and so like you and I, we have raised a ton of money for decades for different ministries, right? Yes, we have. Yeah, so we've thought about it. Like, do we believe in doing this? Do we think it's wrong? Do we think it's dirty? Do we think it's cheesy? Do we think it's creepy? Do we think it's holy? You know what I mean? We've thought about it. Um, and so recently, and I really want you to speak into this, I have formed a nonprofit um, with a group of my friends. It's called Firebrand Events. We want to create events where women can come and find kind of that true north of living a rare life. Like, let's just not um, walk around anymore and not be free. Jesus paid the price for our freedom. So let's get free and fulfill God's calling on our life. That's what Firebrand Events is about. Right. So, I, so I say to my friends, hey, we need to raise some money so that we can get things rolling until we have an event. And my friends who are super godly, much more spiritual than me, Eric, No God's Mm -hmm. word. They've written books. I mean, they're amazing, right? They're like, well, we just can't raise money because it's just, ooh, I can't do that. Yuck. Huh. So I say to my friends, fundraising is literally as spiritual as praying. Fundraising Mm -hmm. is as spiritual as going to church or reading the Bible. Um, It's holy. And they look at me like I'm crazy. And they're like, okay, well, you can do all the fundraising. And I'm like, no. (laughs) That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying... So in response to what you said, 
where you're saying for the giver, you're inviting them to become a giver, right? You're, you're helping them yes. grow spiritually. And that's just one of many concepts, right? Like the one that I'm landing on these days is I don't even ask for money. I cast vision. I just go, mm-hmm. this is what God is doing through Cure International. Listen to what God is doing. These kids are getting healed. People who feel like they were cursed, who are told that they were worthless, are hearing that they matter, that there's hope, and there's a God who loves them. And then you cast the vision, and then it's like, and giving money becomes an obvious answer to someone else's heart. Do you know what I'm saying? Totally. Yeah. You're giving people an opportunity to respond. Yes. Uh, and join yeah. you and join the vision. It's almost like, right. this is what God's called me to do. This is what God has called me to do. And if you can say it with just the passion, not some contrived, trippy kind of fake passion, but like the real passion of why this matters, then then a human being's heart oftentimes just goes, yeah, I want part of mm-hmm. that. I want in. Right? Yeah. And if, and if it's not... That's okay too, yeah. because it's not like everybody is called to do everything, and so you don't want people to do anything out of guilt or manipulation, because that's not healthy no. in any way. No, um, but it really is providing people an opportunity, and yet it's it, there's struggles on either side of that of being the person who has to ask and being on the other side of receiving that type of message, and really. You know, we talk about growth for the person who's who's uh, having a chance to give. There's growth on the person who has to make that ask. Yes. When you get, you know, past all of these different things, just kind of like what your friends are talking about. Like, no, I don't want to do that. You yeah. know, and, yeah. and and yet everything that you said, as far as it being as spiritual as all these other disciplines that we're talking about, I mean, it sounds cliche. I mean, for the people who who've been in fundraising in any capacity or have had to do any kind of fundraising, you know, when we start talking about these things of like, well, everything belongs to God. Well, it's true. You know, it's a stewardship. Mm-hmm you know, issue or, you know, how, how much the Bible talks about how much Jesus talked about money in there, because there's such a correlation in there. And really it's like so many other things in life. It comes back to trust. It comes back to faith. Um, you know, when it comes Mm -hmm. to all of these different things as, as the person asking, it's like, okay, God, I'm just going to trust that, you know, the needs of this ministry, you know, the needs of whatever personally or whatever it is that you're asking for God, I'm just going to trust that you're going to make this happen if this is your will. And for the other person on the other side of that, it's okay, God, you know, if you're calling me to give and I feel like you're this is what I'm supposed to be doing, that I'm going to trust you that you will be faithful in helping me fulfill whatever it is that I'm pledging to do, I'm committing to do, whatever the case may be in there, that I'm just going to trust you on that. And that's what I'm saying. There's such an opportunity there for growth there because that's such a hard hurdle to get past. Because it's so easy to say, God, I trust you with so many different things. But when it comes to our finances or <laughs> yeah. the things that we have, it's like, whoa, you know, like I got to put something aside or what if this happens? And generally, you know, my pastor talked about this recently. He's like, generally, we don't talk ourselves out of like, like we can try to talk ourselves out of like why we shouldn't give. But we generally like 
when it comes to like purchasing something, we just try to we usually try to talk ourselves into, into it. why we should go ahead. Yeah, like, yeah. I want to get that car. I want to get that TV. Well, you know, you can think of all sorts of reasons not to, but you you start thinking about all the things that reasons why you should or can or how you can swing it or whatever it is. But we we oftentimes don't do that when we're giving. But once we get to that point. It's like so many other things in life, you'll experience a freedom that you've never, yeah. never experienced before yeah. because you're, you're trusting with God with something that here on earth we hold on to so, so tightly to mm-hmm. in terms of our resources. I know. I mean, I'm looking at the book Crazy Love because I just pulled it off the bookshelf to take on vacation with me. And as you're talking, it's like crazy giving. It's what it feels mm-hmm. like where you get to this point where it's like, Oh, I get it now. If I hold things with an open hand, God's going to just keep putting things in my hand. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's true. It's not just a manipulative thought that people use to get people to give. It's just not a, it's a truth. Like you really yes. can come to a place in your life where you look at money like it doesn't have any hold on you at all. It's just something mm-hmm. that God uses to do what he needs to do in the earth. And if I give this, led by God, not by my emotions, not manipulated into it, but I Mm -hmm. give it just in faith, trusting that God's going to take it and use it. And then he re he replenishes me. Then Mm -hmm. he gives me more money. I mean, I don't, it's just, he just does. It's just like this principle. Like I'm, I'm just so overwhelmed with the truth. Like what you just said, Eric is a reality for me, but I don't know Mm -hmm. how to communicate it well enough yet. I mean, I'm glad we're trying because I want people to give, I want people to be givers. Right. Because it's good for them. Right. <laughs> exactly. And I feel like this is a great conversation to have because I love having these kind of conversations, but not in the context of actually asking for money. Wait, we're not going to ask for money th- at the end of this? Uh, <laughs> you're going to pass the plate. <laughs> pass the plate. <laughs> we're just literally not, we're literally talking about it. We're not even... We're not even going to ask for money. We're just talking we're not. about it. <laughs> Some people might have checked out minutes ago because they're like, oh, no, at the end of this thing, they're going to ask me to do something. <laughs> but, the, but I think about this. Like my church is in the in the process of, of financial campaign, you know, yeah. as far as just whatever it is, vision, you know, building, all this type of stuff. And I think about all these things because um, – as someone who's had to work for basically not nonprofits their entire life, I my my paycheck has primarily been a result of other people's generosity mm-hmm. in understanding these concepts, mm-hmm. and and then being on the other side of that, I've I've been able to really see that because of, I have have gained so much through the generosity of other people and the faithful giving of other mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the kind of people that me and my wife, Julie, really want to be. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. we haven't had issues when it comes to, to giving or tithing or any of these types of things. But I know it's a struggle for a lot of people. And and I, generally, I think about these things when in the middle of some sort of campaign, whether it's like my church doing a, a, a financial campaign right now or I'm on the air where you want to teach these principles – and yet at the same time, in the context of doing it within a campaign, you always feel like, well, this comes across as really self-serving. It, it right feels now. manipulative, though it's not. Right. It it's feels not. manipulative. Right. It can be manipulative. That's, I mean, we've, mm-hmm. we've done it ourselves and we've, partic- we've seen other people do it and mm-hmm. we've felt it and we've have, we have felt manipulated. We've been on every side of it, right? Exactly. But you do have to teach the word of God. You do have to present the word of God. 
And so perhaps we should have more conversations like this when we're not fundraising. Well, that's, that's, the, that's the point. Yeah. So yeah. I was going to give the phone number nice and slow right now, <laughs> and then we're going to go to a song. <laughs> no pressure to give, but how could right. you not? <laughs> that's true. That's, that's one thing I've, you know, I've heard everything you can hear during fundraisers. And I think that whenever I have personally felt physical, like a grieving, or mm-hmm. I have felt pressure or something weird, I've always stepped back from that moment and analyzed it. Like, why did I feel that? Why is that wrong? What does the Bible say? And I've thought about it so much, Eric, that, Mm -hmm. and Eric too, I I can say this for Eric, you know, like we would try so hard when we were on the air together to make sure that we weren't manipulating the person because it's, it's a fine line, Mm -hmm. a fine line between motivating and manipulating, you know? Right. Oh yeah. Cause in that way of motivating somebody, you don't want it to come across is that you're trying to guilt somebody into doing something or that you're selling them some sort of, for lack of better terminology, prosperity gospel of this is what's going to happen. And yet I do believe (laughs) that when you are generous, (laughs) when you do freely give, as you said, you know, you, you kind of extend your hands out open to saying, God, this all belongs to you. You know, I'm just supposed to be a steward of it. You know, with, but with your hands wide open, that you will receive. There'll be blessings that you'll receive. They might not be financial. They they may be exactly it just maybe this breakthrough that you have in your life of becoming a generous person in everything, and, in all of your life, in every aspect. Just not financially, but with your time and your love, and sure, your prayers, and you just become more generous, more like God. And money is just a sign or a a little milestone or a tool that God uses to break you open. Well, think about this. This hit me the other day. Um, oftentimes we always think about at the end of my life, I don't want to look back and have regrets. And so many times it's like, I wish I would have spent more time with my family. I wish I would have spent more time doing this. I wish I would have maybe done this job instead of this job. But do we think about that at this point in our life of our finances? Mm-hmm. Like, it hit me the other day. I'm like, I don't want to look back at the end of my life and saying it took me way too long to realize the principles of of being generous and being good stewards of what God has given me. I'd hate to look back and say, you know what, there, I, I was I was really not generous, or I was very greedy, mm-hmm. if you will, mm-hmm. with with what God had given me. Mm-hmm. Like He had given me so much, and it's all very relative, right? Mm-hmm. But Let's face it, here here in America, we are so blessed mm-hmm. in so many different ways yeah. that I don't want to look back at my life and going, you know what, I, I could have done so much more with the resources, however little or big they are, with the resources that God gave me. And I could have done so much more, and I didn't. And and, and I, we think about that in terms of our time a lot of times, but I don't know if we always think about that as far as our finances go. But that's something that just really hit me the other day. It's mm-hmm. like, man, I want to make sure that. I'm being a really good steward of the mm-hmm. time God's given me and the finances God's given me. Mm-hmm. And then you take that kernel of knowledge that you just like dumped out right there, which was really powerful of, I don't want to get to this section of my life and look back with regret. Okay. Well then mm. what does that motivate me to do right now? Right. It, it motivates me to think about this deeper. It motivates me to take action towards, you know, acknowledging, Hey, I worry, I worry about money. I worry, I fear for the future. I, I, mm-hmm. I hold on to stuff and, and fret. 
and being able to say, okay, God, I can't change that because that's the way I have been for a very long time. But could you transform me from the inside out and help me see money like you see money? Can you help me see giving like you see giving and kind of just giving him permission to transform you into the person you're meant to be so that 10 years from now, you're mm-hmm. not like this old crotchety grumpy man saying, get off my grass because I paid for that sod, you know? <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, that's the beauty of what you just said is that if this has been a struggle in your life, this is one of those things that you can, you can change today that you can, you can go ahead and make that, that change, that difference in your life today. Mm-hmm. You don't have to wait. No. So, but, but at this moment, we are not going to give you the website for cure or firebrand mm-hmm. events no. or anything else that we're doing. Because <laughs> My son is raising money <laughs> to go on a youth group trip. We're not going to give you the, uh, but I, I'm not, I'm not going to give you the link for you to <laughs> give towards that. Cause that would seem really self-serving and, and crass at this point. So I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> Hey, would you just pray for me and Eric? Because seriously, like I'm flying, let's see, uh, you know, I'm, so like I just did a fundraising event for um, my wonderful friends at India Partners this weekend. You know, I'm uh, flying, I'll be in Virginia and I'll be in Tennessee in the next couple of weeks. Um, I'm meeting up with Eric and Brant Hansen and Sherry and we're doing a fundraiser for Cure in June, a couple of them. And this is mm-hmm. our life because... Can you hear our passion? I mean, like, it's almost like he's made us firebrands for you to catch the vision of money is not dirty or evil and Mm -hmm. giving money is holy and casting vision for whatever you believe in is also holy. And that gives people an opportunity to become who they were meant to be by partnering. So many people have done so much bad trying to manipulate money out of people Mm -hmm. and when you see it for what it truly is, it almost makes you burn inside. How many times have we heard a pastor stand up, Eric, and say, well, I know people aren't going to like this, but I'm going to talk about money today. Like yeah. they just have to apologize for, for teaching yeah. the gospel. I'm sorry that I have to tell you this because there's been so many people who have tried to manipulate you. Yeah. Um, it it kind of makes me angry and fired up a little bit. Hashtag thanks for listening. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you. We actually don't have anything else. That was all we had. We've left it all in the field, so we're out of here. Mm-hmm. Hey, how- I'm, I'm tapped out. Hey, um, let's talk sometime soon about football. What do you think about the Broncos? I mean, it's like we were number one, and we had Peyton Manning, and we were like shining like a like a star, and then Peyton mm-hmm. leaves, and then everybody leaves. We're like, wait, what? Yeah, that's an interesting phenomenon there. I, know. I don't know if I've seen anything quite like that. Kind of weird. I've seen teams almost make that decision of saying, um, you know, we won our championship and now we're just going to try, try to save a buck. I don't think that's what the Broncos are doing. It's almost like guys are like, we won our championship and, you know, Peyton Manning obviously retiring. He was at that stage of, but other guys just going, yeah, I think I'm just going to do something different now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm heading to Houston, but we're like, wait, you were our golden quarterback. You were the one. What do you mean you're going to Houston? Uh You get, oh, okay. He's gone. Yeah, he's gone. Just kind of weird. Well, the fascination with that is the analysis that people have of trying to figure out what someone's motivation was for that. Was it just purely money? Was he going for the biggest contract? Was he upset that he was benched during the season for Peyton Manning? Mm-hmm. 
Did he feel like there was going to be less pressure in Texas? <laughs> He's not following this legend. All these different don't things know. that we kind of you just know. we start thinking about, and um, and it could be none of those things. I know it could be all of those things, right? It could be just the money, or it could be maybe he maybe he's a Christian. I don't know anything about that kid. Maybe he prayed and he had peace, um, mm-hmm. or maybe he likes barbecue. Maybe he likes hurricanes. Maybe he likes humidity. <laughs> maybe he likes industrial cities. <laughs> I'm not ticked off. You, you, humidity. <laughs> you think that was part of the pitch? Yeah. The, the Houston Texans game. Denver's well, too we're gonna dry. We're going to give you 72. <laughs> exactly. How can you even breathe there? I mean, it's hard to breathe here with the humidity, but, you know, there's air here. They smoke pot there. They smoke pot and they're way up a mile above. The, they're way up a mile up in the sky. Come down here to sea level with us people who sweat in Houston. And every once in a while, we have to put boards on our windows because a hurricane levels us. Come down here. I'm sure that's what they said. That was probably scary as to how accurate that <laughs> really was. And I'm sure Brock Iswell said, whoa, whoa, whoa. You had me at humidity. Where do I sign? <laughs>